Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. It is day 104,200. 525,000. I saw this thing on a... On Twitter, they were, it was Bernadette singing <laughs> Time Heals Everything. And it was just the sequence where she's like, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> Sunday. And then she's like, August. My son, my wife heard it and she doesn't know the song. She started laughing so hard because she thought it was written just for the quarantine. But it's true. I don't know what day. I don't know what month it is. Is it September? Is it spring? Who knows, Rob? Uh, th- frogs have so much spring within them. <laughs> That's a little jump frog jump. That's a little Bill Friend after our little Bill Friend tirade. Yes. From last session. We're just dovetailing it into this session. Circling back, if you will. Just circling back. I hope you all found a recording of I Have Found and listened to its beauty. If you've not, stop what you're doing. You found the placement. It's it's in the front part of the mask. Mm, mm, Or if you're if you're using singing terms, you just want to really, really lift a soft palate and just let the air flow. Because man, that last note, I I, in college, Rob, not to recapitulate, but my God, we'd listen to that over and over and over again. Carolee? Big oh God, yeah. That was the only recording that existed. Are you kidding me? There's no more like but like it was in college though, because it was two thousand three. So anyway, but yeah, on my big stereo. Oh yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> what what an exciting life for all of us, for all of us show queens you know, out there. How, what have you been doing to fill the time in the quarantine? In a quarantine? Oh, other than parenting, uh, my, ah! my, my sweet little my sweet little ten month old is uh, is grown his little teeth, his top teeth. And tonight I was telling Rob before we went on air, his he cried in a way I've never heard before in my entire life, and it just about broke my heart. But I will I'm happy to report that in the morning we listen to show tunes, we listen to WQXR, which is our local uh, classical station in New York City, um, and uh, Crawford just loves the music, so it makes me super yeah. happy. But I, I did. I, this is not a favorite thing, but please tell me, 
Do you know, so there's a video that's going around on the Insta and the Facebook. And I feel like all of our lives are dictated by these videos that are funny, that bring us joy. Um, but the, so uh, he's a gentleman who actually did a concert for me last year when I do my yearly uh, benefit for Abington Theater Company. His name's Aaron Kubrick. Um, he's a character actor, really funny guy, really, really special guy. He's been done tons of shows. Uh, on, on, uh, on, <laughs> on, uh, on Instagram, it's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N-K-A-B. Uh, just look at the squirrel video. He, he, oh, the squirrel video thing. of the squirrel going in a circle, falling off of a of a like a, a bird feeder. feeder. But, the, but he goes so fast. But what? But but he he picked songs and and timed it out. So as the squirrel is spinning and loses his momentum, he flies off right at the end of like the button of you know. I'm flying. Uh, yes, flying or the mom, you know, the, the Rose's turn or insert every single other. There were four. It's a four minute long video. I saw it by myself at 11 o'clock at night and I was on the floor. I could not stop laughing. It was making me laugh. And, and it's the same video. It's not like it's a different squirrel every time, but you know what's going to happen. And yet somehow the timing of it and the way the squirrel's whipping it's kind around, of funny. I don't know. I, that I squirrel it, Rob. is talented. That squirrel was talented. That squirrel was also in Paramore a couple I of seasons knew, ago. I <laughs> did some of the Cirque du Soleil tricks. I knew that you were going to say that. That squirrel. I you were going to be like, that squirrel was stuck in Spider-Man, turn off the dark. Oh, no. I went Almost every other. Okay. But yeah, no, that was a good one. I actually had a moment a couple of days ago where I was like, did Paramore actually happen? Was that a real show or did I dream? They got a, they even got a, they got a cast recording. And they got a cast recording at it. Yeah, they opened like in a, they opened really early in the season. Why don't we get a cast recording? How come you and I don't get it? Well, why don't you want us? We should do a show and get a cast recording. Let's go play 54. It's open. They're not, no one's playing it right <laughs> no now. Let's go. Everyone put on your gloves and masks. Let's We're going to go in. Yeah. Do our act for everybody. Done. Like, have you, have you been watching it here? <laughs> we take requests. I told you what I wanted to hear. I told you for three weeks, I want to hear why can't I walk away from Maggie I Flynn? List. I made a list. I made a what, list. What all, Actually, people reached out to me and people were like, Kevin, you need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got a list. I got a list. I got a list. I'm not going to share. Do we, have to, do we have to Venmo you? Is that what you're waiting no. for? <laughs> What's your yeah, name? So I got like a joke going with my buddy because I'm like, you were going to say, am I watching anything? Uh, Rob, nobody can watch everything because there's so much content online. It is, we are, it is a saturated market right now. At eight o'clock on a Friday night, good luck. There's 10 things. There's 10 different Broadway stars that you want to watch. Are you going to watch them? No. No. Can't watch them all. I got my iPad going. I got my phone going. I got my computer going. I've got earbuds going in every other ear. I don't have enough ears to listen to it all, Rob. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I'm, I've got one, just like the dialogues going so I can at least read it. This is oversaturation. <laughs> you need to take there it. You need to calm down. You need to and, shut off everything. I will put my Venmo link in the bio. I did see a drag queen pull off three wigs in one like one sequence, and that was pretty awesome. And I almost thought about tipping, but I, I uh, listen. You have I'm to not, tip I, the I, drag queens. I, listen, Effie, we all got pain, and I don't have any money, so there's my that. Pain. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You got to tip a drag queen, even if it's a dollar. That's poor form. Well, and she I, took oh, off. Maybe, she took off how many tip. wigs? Three. Oh, it was sexy. It was like, it was, but it wasn't like one. It was like one, ba ba. So it wasn't like Sasha Valor who like did her like you know the famous with the f- roses coming out, but it was like, 
ka ka ka. It was like three in a row. Bam. And it was, it was actually, it was you really got to, cool. you got to tip $3, a dollar a wig. Got to, you got you to. have to a dollar a week. Did she, if she did one of the, what do they call them? Cooter slams? If she threw herself no, on no, the floor? No, 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 no. Oh, then that's $2. Save that. Save that. That's oh, a $2 that, tip. Oh, okay. All right. If they call you Hanny, that's a quarter. I know, I know. I that's one of my all big the things. drag queen watching that you do. Yeah. Well, I just got a call from Steve Mnuchin. He's asked me to come in and talk to the Treasury about how to pay a st- the stimulus no packages to the drag queens. That's not. That's Oof. not. I am blending both the conservative agenda and the liberal agenda, oh, and I'm trying to help right. both people. We're going to do trickle down economics, Hanny. That's what it's called. <laughs> and you just made a little money, so that's good. And I and we all made a little bit of money. Did you get your stimulus package? No, we're still waiting. I got mine. Really? Yep. Spent oh, it. No. Spent it at Footlight Records. <laughs> I got the CDR uh, X of uh, <laughs> uh, I Maryland. Like, I got. Maryland. Uh, I got. I also got the CDR. Uh, <laughs> I, I forever Frank. I've also got the uh, <laughs> forever Frank. I was like, I could pay off my student loans, or I could buy a bootleg of Halloween by Mitch Mitch Lee and Joe Darian. And I was like, well, I and Albert Charles. I, and fuck that. We don't need that. We can go to Charles' Nightingale. apartment. Char, we can go to Charles' apartment and say, play us I and Albert. And he's like, here you go. Like the weirdest like. They always, but he's got all of the like all of the CDRs are there, like folks. If you don't know what we're talking about, please go over to Footlight Records. With it, still, I just love it. We've interviewed Bruce Yeko, who has. (laughs) We were there. We saw the storage, and Bruce has like all of these amazing cast recordings from like. Are you looking for the Tel Aviv production of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? It's in the kitchen. Got to go in the kitchen. You have to go into his kitchen. It's on. I'm joking, but I'm not. You're not joking. That's the thing. So tell us what... Salad days? Salad days? You got to go. It's in the back guest bedroom. Second shelf from the top. Salad days. Move. Box on the left. Move the Mylanta to get a copy of Tova Feldsha in Brainchild. So that's called Brainchild. So this is... I'm sorry, folks. This might be a little little too niche, but trust us. Go to Footlight Records. So he has all this, the most rare, obscure things, and he sells them. But it, a lot of it is bootlegs. So I don't know if this is legal. That's my big question. I don't know yeah. if this is legal. There's, There's an asterisk. And I, and I hate to send you to someone where my big question is, I don't know if this is legal. But God damn it, it's worth it. It's there. And it's... If you need... If you're hungry for that rare show that you never heard of, he's got it. And if you want a video of it, he's got videos. There's video. <laughs> wow. Video DVDs as oh, well. Oh, yeah. And now he's sending video no, DVDs. Yeah. And you know, I will say this. I, I want to give a shout out, though, to his blog. He actually has a really cool blog on Footlight. There's a blog there. And he takes every year. So he takes like – he started in, like, I think, 1960. Now he's up to 1981. And like every month he puts out 1981 – Every single cast album of that year talks about it, gives you links wow. in, in their catalog to like so. Nineteen eighty one, Bring Back Birdie talks about Bring Back Birdie, da da da. You know, and, and all the, in the obscure ones too, because of course, you, you, when you the Mooney Shapiro Robert, songbook, you, <laughs> you instantly think obscura. That is instantly yes, exactly. Right, that would be one. The, right, that's what the utter glory of Morrissey Hall, like those, right. Right? That Am I right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Do you have a favorite thing? Besides Jimmy Stewart? Yes. I 
do have a favorite thing. Yes, I do, Kevin. I'm so happy you asked because I am the first to admit when I am wrong or that I have actually judged something too harshly. And sometimes you need to be re-approached with something again and see it in, with new eyes. And I realized I used to crap all over this. And then I watched it again and I thought to myself, you know, Rob, it's not as bad as you thought it was. So, I yes. I love that. I love that. So, folks, my favorite thing this week is the 1974 movie musical, Mame. Starring- I just watched it. Did you watch it? Because it was on TCM, because they played it on the, it was on the app for about, Starring, they, they, they released the movie for like a week, and then that's, you get like a little bit. Oh, of that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, Sorry. I, no, no, no. What are you apologizing for? Wow. Um, so, folks, here's, here's the deal. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it, okay, look. I, I posted re- on my Instagram, the Statue of Liberty, when they're like parachuting <laughs> down to the Statue of Liberty and sitting on top of it. It is. There are bizarre choices in this movie. However, here's how this all got started. So a good friend of of mine and ours who listens to the podcast was like, I've never seen the main movie. I'm like, well, great. Let's, you know, we'll watch it together. We'll see what we can do. So we watched it together. And I, as I was getting ready for it to load, I'm like, it's the worst movie ever made. And <laughs> Rex Reed said, like, they put chicken fat over the lens every time Lucy was on screen because it's just that bad. And I was getting so ready to just sit there and consistently make fun of it. And I don't know what happened. I found myself laughing at her in a good way. I found myself genuinely, like, wiping tears away. Um, in the main number when young Patrick runs up to her. And I was like, wait a minute, this movie, yes, it's not Angela Lansbury in Maine. And yes, there's odd choices about it. But I actually found the movie to be incredibly moving. So I would hope that if you saw Mame, okay, get all the snarkiness out of the way now, go back and revisit it. Just go back and revisit it with an open mind. It's not as bad as I think people we're remembering it. Or maybe I'm getting more sentimental. And if you need a little refresher, Mame, the musical, is based on the book Anti-Mame, uh, which now this turnaround was so fast. The book comes out in 1955. Lawrence and Lee make it a play starring Roz Russell in 1956. 1958, the film comes out. The film is literally the fucking stage version because they actually do like blackouts. If you remember in the Rosalind Russell movie, she'll like, she has like a line and she'll be like, spitting distance? And then she like pauses while the, while the lights like iris in on her. They would on stage yeah. <laughs> and then they black out and you're like, oh, okay. So that's how you're going to do it. Cool. Then Commercial. in 1966, we have the great musical with Angela Lansbury, B. Arthur, Jane Cannell, directed by Gene Sachs. And they decided they're going to make it in the movie in the 1970s. And in 1972, it's going to be um, uh, uh, George Cukar. Cukar, sorry, George Cukar directing it, who directed My Fair Lady and like tons of other great movies. And Lucille Ball is going to star in it. Why not Angela Lansbury? Because she wasn't a big enough star at the time. Remember, this is before Murder, She Wrote. This is before her nephews killed every single person in Cabot right. Cove. Her nomination for Oscar was like 1944 or like Gaslight or whatever it was. Exactly. I mean, was like, that's like... She had no credibility in the film industry, so you understand why Warner Brothers passed her over. She was not happy about it, but they passed her over. Mm. So it went to Lucille Ball. So Lucille Ball was getting all ready to do this, and she broke her leg, and they had to postpone filming. And so at that time, George Cukar was like... Bye, I got to go. I got to go do other things. He left, and they replaced him with Gene Sachs, who directed it originally on Broadway. 
And Gene Sexton has done a couple of films. He'd done Barefoot in the Park. He'd done The Odd mm-hmm. Couple, The Cactus Flower, all wonderful films, but not a musical. And it just, he, it, the movie just has like some tonal issues. Like you can't figure out like, what is this supposed to be exactly? What world it's, are they in? What, what world, world are they? Like I joked about, like they, there's that, that sequence is they, 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 he's, she's going to teach him how to live and they, parachute onto the statue of liberty well you're right like in the latter half of the movie it's got like this very heavy realism like when they go when she goes to yes. visit the conservative parents it right. feels like a movie feels like a realistic movie but before that like like you said they're hanging off the fucking statue of liberty you know and you're like oh clowny. Is- that's clown that's a clown show i mean that what it's it's clowny to quote Lucy from her from her heyday, <laughs> and of course everybody knows that. I mean, maybe you know this, maybe you don't know it. It's um, the the movie was supposed to star Madeline Kahn as Agnes Gooch, and after the first day of filming, Lucille Ball said, "I want her fired." Um, and there's some discrepancy of as to why she was fired. One is that uh, Lucille Ball felt she's never going to be able to. She was too sexy to be Agnes Gooch that uh, she could pull off the sexy part, but she couldn't pull off the frumpy part. The other one, there's another one. Lucy was getting too, she was getting upstaged by Madeline Kahn and was like, mm-hmm. she's getting more laughs than I am. Get rid of her. I don't really mm-hmm. see that. I can't picture Lucy doing that. And the third one was that Madeline Kahn was giving a really bad performance. And Lucy was like, she's not working. We have to fire. And then Madeline Kahn was giving the, per- the bad performance on purpose because she wanted to go do Blazing Saddles, but they wouldn't let her out of her contract. So they're like, if you wow. fire me, I can go take other work. And oh, so that's, man. so who knows what the story is. Either way, I'm happy it kind of worked out because Jane Cannell, who played the role originally on Broadway, Original, gets yes. to do it in the film and is absolutely fabulous. Oh. Um, but it's, it's, an odd, it's an odd movie, but if you just let all the baggage go, I find it to be very, very touching. I thought I was doing a little bit of research on this and I thought this was so fascinating. First of all, do you know why Lucy wanted to make Maine? Now, you have to remember film buffs. This is the early 1970s. This is the era of, like, The Godfather and The French Connection. We're seeing, like, Midnight Cowboy. So she was, like... Ritty, like... Ritty. Yeah. And she's, like, films need to be family-friendly. <laughs> and so they were, like, well... Can you give us some examples of films that aren't family friendly? And she was like, she goes, I'm doing this because I'm sick and tired of seeing things like French Connection, Last Tango in Paris, Last Picture Show, and The Exorcist. But then I was like, maybe she was pissed because they never offered her roles in any of those movies. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would love to have seen her in Last Tango in Paris where she makes out with Marlon Brando. No. And they have sex with butter. No. Which, is, no. which was the big highlight of that movie. Lucy. 
Mostly Bendoff, I'm going to stick a land of lakes nope, inside stop it, you. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop oh, it. Oh, Marlon. Oh, it's buttery. <laughs> You should just cast her in all of the the Oscar winners that you're watching every single every single you know day. So, so Lucy, in this scene, when you catch the villain, you're gonna jump over the trash can and then you're gonna tackle him. You got that? What if I jump in the trash can and there's a banana peel and I slip and I fall and then I roll around and Ginger Rogers comes out and we Charleston. Lucy, Lucy said after this, she goes, I was so disappointed by the reaction because the reaction, I have to tell you. Oh, I'm it was gonna, mean. Right? I'm going to read really one quote brutal. to you. I'm going to read one quote to you, if I may. So this was a review. He pointed out that Ball would have made a perfect mame had she played the role 15 years earlier. This is from the New Republic. He described her as, quote, ready for this, too old, too stringy in the legs, too basso in the voice, and too creaky in the joints. I thought it sounds like a Broadway world message board to me. <laughs> I thought I was at all of that chat for a second, and it was Broadway Baby six zero six one 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 was Chromaloom forty seven said Lucy's legs were stringy, and I agree. They are. Have you ever seen them up close? They're totally stringy. They're tote stringy. Leon Cholgosh ninety three says, "Dear old Shiz disagrees, but he doesn't know." <laughs> I will he, say, I love- he liked American Psycho. So, uh, loose, uh, main cost $12 million and only made back $6.5 million. Not so good for you over there at Warner brothers. Um, Gene Sachs eventually had a great career again, not doing film as a, as a stage director. He did most of Neil Simon shows in the seventies and eighties. Um, and Lucy never made another film again. She was so mortified by the experience. She never, never went on film again. Really? She, she did a wow. TV movie called Stone Pillow, which is a bizarre movie. Um, but if you want a little extra main bonus, bonus, at the same time she was doing her TV show, Here's Lucy. And in one episode called Lucy Meets Lucille Ball, Lucille Ball is doing a press junket for MAME. And in order to like increase popularity in MAME, she's doing a Lucille Ball lookalike contest. So... Lucy Carter goes and applies for the lookalike and you see Lucille Ball like promoting MAME in a split screen with Lucille Carter. Very bizarre stuff. So anyway, folks, go back, take a look at MAME again. Keep an open mind. Um, I'm hoping that maybe that they'll, you know, do a revival of MAME at some point because it has not been revived yet. Ever. Ever. There was a talk in the early 90s after Bette Midler's Gypsy of doing a TV version of it. Um, and they looked at first it was Streisand, then Midler, then Cher, then Whoopi Goldberg. They were all attached to it at various points. Just never came to fruition. Wow. I would love to see it today. If they were going to make a film of it, I would love to see either Nicole Kidman or Kate Blanchett do it. Oh, wow. That would be nice. Yeah. I think either one of them would be fabulous mm-hmm. and fun. I would be so happy to see either one of them do it. And if they did it on Broadway today, I'm trying to think who would be a good... Tony Collette. I want Tony Collette. Tony Collette. And if Brian Stokes Mitchell doesn't play Beauregard Jackson Pickett oh. Burnside, then I'm not going to come see the show. Sorry, Bye. folks. That's it. I, if, if, him or nobody. And, and who's they, playing uh, Burnside Gooch? Is it like Leslie Margarita? I mean, who, I mean, who's, it'll be... Uh, it, yeah, Leslie Margarita. Or You know who would be really funny? Ann Harada. <laughs> Ann Harada. Yes, Ann would be actually. Can we get Ann Harada in this thing? Okay. Anne, yeah. On. And I, uh, directed by Jerry Zachs, I'd be the happiest man on the face of the earth. So that's, oh, that's it. Mine go. is Mame 1974. Please give it another try. You can disagree with me all you want. I found it to be very, very touching. You can do that with a double feature and then watch Lucille Ball in 
the exorcist. There's only one thing that's going to get this demon out of her is if she sings a duet with Ethel Merman. And Ethel Merman Russell comes Knipe is right here. Russell yes, Knipe comes course. in. Yes, totally. Where's Ruth Buzzy to play the oh sister? Um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, right. that's that's my favorite thing, folks. That's and a good I, one. That's a I, really good. One. I'm glad you're uh, bringing I was wrong. us back to it. it I was and, wrong. And you know, I think it is pretty cool that Gene Zacks, you know, the original Broadway. I'm trying to think of other movies that were directed by the stage director. Very rare. No, very it rare. Does not I mean, happen. very rare. Those worlds, especially in that era, they did not. Into, unless you were a, a famous Hollywood type that then went to Broadway, but it, you you were not considered real if you were like a Broadway type. No, thing. and the movie and, industry was not like no. Not and also thing. when they, when they did do it, it really wasn't that successful. I mean, think of like uh, if you've ever had to watch Hal Prince's A Little Night Music movie, which <laughs> which I'm sorry, I, people him. might the, love it. The it's, one and only movie he ever directed. It's so bad. Well, he did he did one other one. Um, one other thing. Yeah, yeah I yeah. can't remember what the hell it was called. Like something. Something I forget, something wrong with everybody was, or some shit like that. Definitely, uh, but that little yeah. night, night music one is bad. And, but and Bob Fosse did charity, right? Oh, I forgot. Well, yes, that's right. Yeah, but then Hal Prince wasn't allowed to do cabaret. Uh huh. Uh huh. Norman Jew. No one. Norman Jewison did Fiddler. <laughs> did you hear this story? The story came up yesterday. So what? Josh Josh Mostel, um, who was Zero Mostel's son was in the Jesus Christ Superstar movie. And Norman Jewison was directing, who directed Fiddler, had directed Jesus, was directing Jesus Christ Superstar. And he called Josh Mostel and he's like, hey, I'd like for you to be in Jesus Christ Superstar. And he told that to his dad, Zero Mostel. And Zero Mostel said, tell him to ask Topol, son. Bitter to the end. Bitter to the end. Thank What's you. your favorite Thank thing? You. So I'm going to take this also back a couple of decades. Mine's a, a, an original cast recording. The show was never done, so I'm not going to make it this show because I I, don't, I I honestly don't think Wait, that. Did you say it was was never done or is never done? It's never done. I mean, okay. you're never going to not even Summerstock. You're not going to see this show. I, I I would be shocked if any if anyone's doing this show in this uh, other than as a museum piece. Um, however, the score I think has some very deep merit because of the songwriting and uh, because of the history that's involved. So this is I'm taking you back to 1944. And this is, We're going this is back. yeah, this is genuinely a score I really love by a composer I really love. Uh, I will before I I'm going to take us like our first year, Rob, when we would have each other guess because I, I this is a it's, a it's somewhat obscure. Although the show ran for 650 performances, so a good holy boy, shit, this was a, that's a healthy years. run. Yeah, no, it's in that time period a very healthy run. So this is 1944. This is October of 1944. So this is a good year and change after Oklahoma had opened. So Oklahoma had sort of and, and as you guys know as far as the integrated musical meaning like, like music dance uh, all the elements fit together and in oklahoma you know history books say really changed that and it did agnes de mill being a major part of that because of her you know laurie makes up her mind ballet at the end of act one so this is a musical that had a civil war ballet by agnes de mill in the yeah, end of oh, act oh, two bloomer girl that is most definitely correct, my friend. Well done. So this is Bloomer Girl, 1944. This is a musical by Harold Arland and E.Y. Harburg, um, who, you know, you guys know, they wrote, I mean, of course, Somewhere Over yep. the Rainbow. But, uh, but I mean, Harold Arland has long been one of my most favorite writers of this period because you know, if Oscar Hammerstein and, and Richard Rogers wrote the first sort of integrated, you know, really everything is put together to forward the story. Harold Arlen was doing that in with his harmonies and with his music. He was not surfing up the typical Tin Pan Alley song of his 
of, of his decade. You know, it, uh, the songwriters were all writing very sort of fundamental harmony, very, very simple, sweet, fun songs. Harold Arlen, on the other hand, is a lot of jazz influence, a lot of blues influence. He wrote St. Louis Woman. He wrote um, so, I mean, uh, House of Flowers. There's so many great shows, especially for the African-American voice that he wrote for in this time period. Uh, okay, so this show, Bloomer Girl, uh, it, I, as I said, this had a choreography by one Agnes DeMille. Um, so audiences are already very excited to see this because of the Civil War ballet. It, it was starring uh, the star of Oklahoma, Ada Wanny, a Celeste Holm. It was also starring another favorite of o- Oklahoma, a favorite so much so that she did not have a character name, but what she she did in the show became her character name the girl who falls down the girl who falls down Joni McCracken who was also married to Bob Fosse that some say helped make him give him his start that was a light that opened doors for him but Joni McCracken was and she was a favorite thing years ago and she's just beyond special also Dooley Wilson is in this who was in Casablanca he played Sam oh, you know yes. he was played again know, Sam played again Sam David Brooks, who was the original Tommy in Brigadoon, he played the love interest. But this score, you guys, this is the reason why the show is a bit, it's a Civil War show. It's, it's based on a sort of, sort of a true story. It, it's, it's a feminist show. I mean, it's a woman who is a daughter who's, who comes from a, a family, who, a father who makes hoop skirts. This is pre-Civil War. Uh, the Civil War is just about to happen. Uh, and, and this is a daughter who says, no, I don't want these Civil War. I don't, I don't want these, uh, these hoop skirts. I want... I'm going to wear bloomers instead. And so it, it was a, it's, she was a, a rebel and she was, she was fighting against the norm and, and going her own way. Uh, and then that's exactly why we have bloomers uh, or not anymore. I mean, I wear them sometimes on the weekends, but, um, but they, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but, but that's the change that happened was because of that. There's some amazing songs in this show. One of my favorite songs is, is uh, the love song. He, the David Brooks sings. Now you have to, you have to put on your, your um i would call them rose-colored 1940s goggles because when you listen to these my I, tell spectacles? My, I, tell, I tell my students this as well like when you listen to these recordings you have to understand the original broadway cast recording you know on paper was only invented a year earlier and when i say a broadway cast recording i mean th- th- to record something from the broadway recording and then to to um sorry uh and to to sell it to make money and to promote the show this was new right so to hear all of these performers and to 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 hear the original cast in the in the orchestrations but guys it's it's a little it's a little dated it's it's the way the the sound you know but get through that and really listen to these melodies and these harmonies and the songs are just so delicious um you know good enough for mom grandma is the opening song um the eagle and me is the one that um that's a great one that's a great one fantastic song right as rain is a beautiful song but you you just you honestly you cannot go wrong with a harold arlen score and i fear that bloomer girl because it's it's not i i call them museum pieces because like yeah you can't but it is you have to update it you have to update it in some way you cannot produce it and thinking oh this holds up i'm sure the book is a little suspect and i'm sure that but the music is truly beautiful it is the dawn of american musical theater because writers like harold arlen who couldn't wait to have more uh, and this is an opinion now but couldn't wait to to really 
challenge the way that they write music for the character and for the story and to let them to really pull their bag of tricks. And with Harold Arlen, he had this blues and jazz that he could infuse into this. And this is a Southern type musical that he could infuse into that. So anyway, all that is to say, go listen to Bloomer Girl, check it out, have fun. It's a really, it's a, it's a more tuneful score than you remember it being. And I, first of all, a couple of things, because I'm so happy you brought this show up. Um, Bloomer Girl, Encores had done Bloomer Girl at some point. So I know, I know that they had done it a f- maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I think. Um, they had also recorded a version of it that was on television. That's correct. Yes. That I think there's only a few clips of it from YouTube, but I... It's on YouTube, yes. I don't want to excite you. I would have to look for it. I think I have that kinescope. I think I have that kinescope of Bloomer wow, Girl. I didn't know that you knew it. So uh, that's amazing, Rob. Wow. That's you, we were looking. We were. It was one of the shows we were talking about for our theater oh. company. Oh, um, wow. And so I, I had done some research, but also going back to Harold Arlen for a second, I was just looking up his song list. Can I just list some of the songs that he he contributed? Please accentuate the positive. Come rain or come shine. Stormy weather. Uh, let's fall in love. The man that got away. Blues in the night. I've got the world on a string. That old black magic. Jesus Christ. Get happy. It's only a paper moon over the rainbow. And of course, one for my baby. One for the road. Come on. Come on. And I and I cannot stress enough. You know, musically, when you think of and Gershwin is definitely a proponent of this. But when you really look at the the the, the songwriting of the day, the songwriters, you know, there were a plethora of mediocre songwriters who could just they could pump out you know easy chords, boring stuff, but with a, maybe a so, somewhat catchy melody. But these guys, like Gershwin, Harold Arlen, for sure, you know, they were they were expanding the palette of what pop music was in that time period, and and they were really. Uh, testing the boundaries and pushing what uh is what the popular sound is we we take for granted all of the the sounds that we hear in our ears but they were playing with sounds and those bluesy notes and i'm looking at my i I looked at the music to bloomer girl and some of the other harold Arlen scores there's grace notes there's bluesy notes there's all these things that a lot of popular songwriters did not have in their tool belt and i just i i think that sometimes harold arlen does not get enough of the uh, the praise that he should because he never had like a big, 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 you know, he ha- he had hit songs, but he didn't have like hit Broadway shows. shows. Yeah. Like in Oklahoma, you're like, oh my God, Rich- Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg's Finian's Rainbow. I mean, like they, there's none of, there's not, they didn't write Finian's Rainbow, but Har- Harburg did, but but there's nothing <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like there's, what yeah. What would be his big... His Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz. I mean, the Wizard well, of Oz well, is, is the thing that Harold Arland is probably paid for everything. I would guess. Oh no, I would assume so. But I'm wondering, like, what was his big Broadway show? If he had one, he didn't really have one, did he? St. Louis Woman, Bloomer Girl, St. Louis Woman, maybe? House of Flowers. That's what. Yeah, Jamaica, Saratoga. That was about it. Saratoga is yeah. not it. Yeah, Jim, I love all of them. They're all very. But he just, yeah, Bloomer he Girl. Just yeah, ran for a long time. A, he gotten stuck in the time period that just, for whatever reason, he just didn't. It just didn't happen. But but we are. But the scores that he made. If you look at all, all every single show that you just mentioned, Rob, even Jamaica, even even Saratoga, there, there are some. There's just some beautiful material in all of those scores. I, I Carol Lawrence was in Saratoga. There's some good. I mean, it's it's anyway. It, yeah, I, mean, I, I love I love the Harold. I love they also, they spent a lot of their time. I mean, let's be real. This is a time where a lot of songwriters, if you wanted to make some money, where did you go? You went out to the West Coast. So they, so Bloomer Girl was a big deal because they had been on the West Coast for so long. They came back 
this was their first foray back into Broadway, especially yeah. the new Broadway, right? Because everybody knew that Oklahoma sort of changed that. That's why we had Anna Get Your Gun. That's why we had, you know, other Kiss Be Kate. Other, the other com- contemporaries were like, oh, we got we to gotta up that. So I wonder if this is Harold Arlen's sort of version of attempting to, you know, raise the bar. But it's great. Uh, it's, what a great choice. What a great choice. Bloomer Girl is a great choice. So Bloomer Girl, and after you're done listening to Bloomer Girl, go and turn on MAME from 1974. Give it another chance. Give it another chance. Give both these shows a second look with open eyes and a fresh heart or fresh eyes and an open heart or have open heart surgery. Do whatever you want at this point. We're all in quarantine. Just do it all. It's not elective. Just no elective. There's no, 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 none of this. This was great. I'm so, I'm so happy. This is good. I can't wait to tune to next week. Wonderful weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. If you know what a weekend is and uh, watch something fun. I had a weekend once. A weekend in the country will be staged by Al Prince for the camera. A weekend in the country. Did he turn the camera on? No, no. Next, well, I, we've talked about this before, but next week we'll talk about the Liz Taylor drinking game for Little Night Music. Oh, I want to do that. I well, have a never... DVD of it. I have a DVD of that movie wait, version. So, can I t- I, should I tell you now or wait till yeah, next week? Yeah, just tell me now. Just tell me okay, now. Okay, so this is a hor- we might have told this story on this podcast. It's a horrible thing again. to do. I want to know again. So they shot uh, Hal Prince shot a Little Night Music, um, and everyone dispersed. He rapped, and then he was like, "Oh shit, I fucked a lot of things up. I need reshoots now." When you reshoot a scene, more often than not, you reshoot the entire scene. Hal Prince wanted selected, like, close-ups reshot, selected entrances reshot. So he called everyone back and said, we got to reshoot some things. And Elizabeth Taylor was like, well, we got a little bit of a problem. She goes, I've put on some weight since we wrapped filming. And it's a noticeable amount. But he didn't understand continuity. So there'll be some scenes where she'll like be on camera and she's 20 pounds lighter and then she'll walk through the bedroom door and all of a sudden she's 20 pounds heavier and then she'll walk into the bathroom and come out 20 pounds lighter. Like, so the, the game is, is you're supposed to take a shot every time you notice a, a weight fluctuation. That's, uh, I like it. All right. That's, good. It's actually how I live my life, which is every time I get on the scale and the weight fluctuates, I take a shot. Uh, I'll be an AA. AA and Jenny just, Craig. We are just in a uh, phase. We are just in a phase. We shall get out of it. Uh, I literally, today is the first day I'm wearing pants with a button, and I want to cry. So I'm going <laughs> to. Because, Rob, you have a performance tonight. I, uh, don't, please, I'll tell you all about it next week. Okay, all right. okay, okay. To quote Harold Arlen, I'm going to go push the button back Bye, inside. <laughs> it's a Jamaica joke. Well kids, done. I... Kids love Jamaica jokes. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Two ladies. Bye. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.